0: Welcome to the Flower Hour podcast, the podcast where conversations blossom. It is your boy, Sean Flores. If you love this podcast and you've really enjoyed it, please share, subscribe and follow and look forward to the journey we will be going on. Right, I'm praying this is working this time properly. So I want to be able to start this conversation and get it popping. I wonder if it's just my connection. Wi Fi is looking good, so I wonder what it is. I'll wait for everyone to trickle in. I'm alone. You can jump in whenever you're ready for us to have this conversation. Let's try again. I hope this works. If it doesn't work, I'll just have the chat without being able to see you. But I just want to make you engage reactions, all that sort of stuff there. Perfect. See, now I can see you. <laughs> yes man good to go. yes man listen what are you telling me how's the day been bro
1: i'm fine man that that good to go reminds me of um what's that song It's like good to go I to be, bro.
0: bro i don't know I, I don't think i've heard it but it sounds like you're putting me onto a little good tune <laughs> i don't know something just rang in my head yes man listen what i want you to do is i want you to introduce yourself to my audience so we know who you are and I suppose your reasons for being able to jump on my podcast and talk about the amazing work that you're doing. Yeah. So um, my
1: name is Malone McQuendy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I have to slap yeah, the on somebody. the string vest, man. <laughs> it's hot in my yard.
1: Yeah. So um, basically, um, my name is Malone McQuendy. I am a third year medical student, currently studying in London. Um I am also the co-author of Mind the Gap, which is a handbook of clinical science and black and brown skin. I am also the founder of blackandbrownskin.co.uk, which is a website which we hope can create a database of images and share the stories on black and brown skin.
0: Wow. Listen, so my first question has got to be to you. What inspired you to create the handbook that you've created? Because I think it's a big feat in itself and it's marvelous, but I think you did something that not many people would want to do or probably have had the idea to do. So what inspired you and how did you go about the process to making it?
1: Um, I think the inspiration kind of came from getting to medical school and realizing that we're not taught a lot on darker skins. And it's almost like a frustration which brought up like always asking, oh, what does this look like on darker skin? What did this look like? And almost having to have this battle to tell people that, no, this will not present the same on darker skin as it does on white skin. So we need to do something about it instead of just assuming that it's all the same. Um, And yeah, that's
0: that's kind of where the inspiration came from. And that's
1: start to finish, essentially.
0: Okay, so tell me the beginning of it and then tell me how you've been able to reach to it actually being published
1: Okay, so the beginning was um i would say the beginning like, loads of people don't actually appreciate that like, the journey of mind the gap Absolutely. didn't actually start with mind the gap and it started with other random elements i forgot what that theory is called but you know when you're doing something today which you don't know how it's going to impact you tomorrow but it will count for something tomorrow i forgot what they call it like the um I forgot what they call it. But anyway, that kind of started when I was like 14. Like when I look back, some of the schemes and stuff that I was signing up to, stuff that I was getting involved in, when I break down Mind the Gap fundamentally, I picked up those skills back then like six years ago. Um, but the actual for Mind the Gap itself, like as an isolated event or isolated project, that started in November 2019. I approached my personal tutor. Well my personal cheer always knew that I was complaining about this all the time at university. <laughs> so a personal cheer is someone that in the university space you can go and talk to you about any problems or any concerns or just anything, any issues you have in general. So I would approach her and constantly complain about this, same problem. And then she I got off and call. so
0: It's okay.
1: But yeah, she knew someone else who was in the university. And from there, we kind of, um, we linked up the three of us and we began to start making Mind the Gap. So we sat down and kind of wrote down a list of problems and areas which need to be solved. And then we kind of tackled the one which we thought was kind of the one that we could do with the resources that we had. And Mind the Gap was born from there.
0: And when you created Mind The Gap, did you envision that it was going to create almost like a nationwide change in the way that it has? Because I saw um, the work you did, I think, via an article. And then I spoke to Jess, who was also on my live at one point, who also oh, said yeah. to me that I should speak to you. Because I was trying to find your Instagram for ages. <laughs> I, saw your, I think I found your Twitter.
1: Yeah, so, loads of, I've, see, the thing is, I think when you don't plan for stuff like this, you don't realize how almost in demand that you are. I didn't actually realize people, because I've been told this so many times, that like so many people have been looking for my Instagram. Yeah. And my Instagram was private for so long. No, nah. And I was like, like people are trying to look for me. I think what told me was, um, Jess was one of the people, um, just loads of other people just kept on messaging me, like so-and-so is looking for you, so-and-so is looking for you. And then I was like, well let me just make my Instagram open so that you can just type in my name on the search bar and I should come up somewhere. I don't know how high rank I am. But um Yeah. What wait, what did you say beforehand?
0: Um, I was speaking to you about you didn't did you didn't envision it to be as big as it's become. So I'd oh. love to know where did you expect it to go and how do you feel now that it's almost rocked a nation in some senses that you've created this handbook to show people what certain signs look like on melanated skin because mm. I remember my mum was a nurse when I was younger, I've looked through like, some of her handbooks and it was always white skin, um, European skin and I didn't really think too much of it, I didn't really question the status quo but you've questioned the status quo you've made a book, so yeah what is it being like, you know uh... you didn't envision
1: it <laughs> So it's funny because when I actually made the initial tweet, um, when I quote the tweet, um, there was kind of almost like a slowness coming from our camp. People were just taking long to respond to email, just almost like sleeping on the job. And that's just because of like online learning and online having to meet on Microsoft Teams and wait for everyone to be free, wait for them to almost just sort out everything else in their life and then able to be free so then i was like you know what i'm tired like mind the gap itself actually finished like the whole handbook was finished in may so i didn't actually tweet the work until mid-june but then i was tired like i was like guys like this is been going on forever please like so then i put the tweet out to kind of i was wanting i was trying to get a response because i knew a response would come i was kind of expecting a response of like 50 retweets um just <laughs> I just needed a something. I just needed one person to comment. That's all I needed. And then I was going to show my people that I was working with, like, guys, look, people are saying that, like, they need the work. So we need to, especially if we've got it saved on my laptop, like, all I have to do is click send. Um, and then when I put the tweet out, I think after an hour, it had, like, 1,000 retweets. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then the next morning, it had, like, 10K. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. And I don't know if anyone has ever had, like, a tweet which has passed 10K. But what happens on Twitter is your Twitter kind of changes. Okay. Because, like, it kind of starts grouping notifications. Because imagine, like, I was getting, like, 1,000 retweets an hour. So it starts grouping things. Um, So it will start to group things. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to get loads of messages, loads of comments and whatnot. And the person I am, I'll always try and respond to all comments because, like, yeah, like, I don't see why I wouldn't. However, the rate at which things were coming in, it it felt like I I couldn't physically respond to anything. And nine times out of ten, I wouldn't see half of the comments because it would just get grouped up. And it would be like, "The, the latest person and 62 others have commented on your post. So it's like, I would only see the latest person who's commented whenever I'm there. Um, so that was quite interesting. I think I posted on my Instagram the next day. Instagram was a slow burner. Like, it wasn't like as crazy as Twitter. Um, but it was, I don't know what happened on Instagram, but there was a day I remember where I think someone famous must have shared it. And then it just started to do like crazy numbers. Um, I think yeah, like the response that Mind the Gap has had thus far. I kind of didn't expect it, and I didn't expect it to come as soon as it did. I was hoping that, like, Mind the Gap would change and revolutionise the way we teach healthcare globally and the way we learn it. Um, But it was almost kind of like a five-year plan or, like, just a long-term plan. That's what it was. However, Mind the Gap literally did that in less than a week. And it was like, (laughs) oh, what we were going to try and do over five years has kind of – the door has been opened within a week. And it was like almost like, where do we go from here? I didn't plan this. Um, Almost thinking on your feet, trying to just make sure that I am making the right decisions, talking to the right people, doing the right things at the right time. Um, I'm not sure if people, well, I assume people remember because it was only two months ago. Um, But at the time of the release was still kind of like the plight of... um, what's it called, the Black Lives Matter stuff that was yes. going on, on on Twitter and on Instagram, on social media in general. So a lot of people almost came to me from a, like, we want to help, we want to support yes. the force, we want to um, amplify your voice almost. But at the same time within that, a lot of people were kind of this is trending, we need to jump yes. on. So Imagine me on the receiving end, I was struggling to differentiate between the two. And at the start, um, I think I would call it being naive. I just assumed that everyone is clean-hearted, good intentions. But after having, like, two or three convos with certain people, I was like, oh, like, it almost felt like, um, like I had won a prize and now everyone wants yeah. to take it off me. And I could just see it, like, I was people the one thing that people do oh my god we want to support your work um have a meeting with us we want to discuss how we can promote your work you get to the meeting hey malone this is everything our company does we do this 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 and this we do this 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 and this we do this 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 and this so the work that you're doing with mind the gap we've had loads of people come and do it try and we've we've had loads of people come and try and do that before they didn't really get too far but we believe that if you join our company and I'll be sitting in the meeting like, what the hell? Like, why am I here?
0: Yeah. But I guess it was all a learning. It was all part of like a learning process almost. So. Yeah. So you said you made it in, you made it in May, right? And then we'll you finished plan- in May. Finished it in May, released it in June.
1: No. So then it, we the work started in November.
0: Work started, started finished, in November.
1: We finished in May. I put the the announcement out in In June June. and the work didn't actually release until
0: August. And the work didn't release until August. So you had all of these plans coming through that were coming through for about a year somewhat timescale. And you said you had a five-year plan, but that got fast-tracked, as you said, by the response (laughs) massively. You weren't anticipating what was going to happen. And you've only gone on to have people that were interested in you for good reasons, bad reasons, some people in the wake of the Black Lives Matter jumping on the trend, because I think people follow reputation sometimes and not necessarily because they actually support that work. So I wanted to ask you, with the support that you've had and in the wake of the Black Lives Matter, do you think it's almost coincidental with what happened, unfortunately, to George Floyd that Mind the Gap took off in the way that it did? Do you think if if what happened to George Floyd didn't happen, it wouldn't have reached the traction that it had reached?
1: Um, personally, I still feel like it would have reached the same traction. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time, um, people try and almost... Well, I get this a lot to say, oh, you're lucky. Like, not, not because it was lucky, but like obviously, like, rest in peace to George Floyd, and it was tragic that he lost his life. Um, but people are like, you're lucky that happened. So that... yeah mind the gap could happen or mind the gap could get the response that it got and i always tell people that i don't necessarily think that the two are aligned however i believe that something just came out which resonated with a lot of people yes and so many people especially from a uk perspective i don't have an exact but i can very I can put a strong argument for it's the first of its kind in the UK. It's not the first of its kind in the world, but in the UK, I'm not sure if there's been a UK-based source like that. So because of that, I sit there and think that regardless of what happened this year, it still would have got the response that it got. Because at the end of the day, the work is needed by everyone. Like, it's the people who were responding to it a lot were like doctors, healthcare professionals, like almost advocating that we've been crying out for this for years. Yes. And we've been silenced for so many years. But now it's almost like we have another voice. We have like almost the second coming. Um And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that other voice that kind of empowers people like, no, we need to make sure that this time we are heard. And I can't say we've we've been i can say we've been heard i can't say that someone has actions now that we've been heard yes definitely almost walked into the room shook the table and said no we're here to stay
0: and what would you like to have come about as a result of mind the gap you said you shook the table they've entered they've opened the door maybe they've given you a seat now but what actions would you like them to take with the mind of gap
1: so for man the Gap, I believe that is work that should be implemented into all healthcare courses up and down the country. Um, I don't see why. I think it's even so crazy and so bizarre. And almost, I think, I don't see why we're even discussing, like, why it's so important to teach how diseases present on different colours of skin. Yeah. Like, it's it's so obvious that, like, even with man the Gap, the problem was so obvious that, it was almost too obvious to ask the question a lot of the time, especially from a student point of view. Um, So as a whole, I would love to see it being implemented across medical curriculums, up and down the UK, up and down the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to see it also being used in practice as well. I know certain practices are adopting the work. So, as of yesterday, I heard that the South East Coast Ambulance Service in the UK have taken on the work. So they cover Brighton and Hove. Yes. Um, I can't remember the other areas my geography has gone in the bin. But to say that ambulance services are taking the work on board, um, if that could happen to many other trusts um, up and down the country, um, also in the US, in Canada, Australia, India, Nigeria, Ghana, Zimbabwe, South Africa, just any country, you name it, everyone needs to take on the work on board because it's just so fundamental, if you ask me.
0: And so when we think about Mind the Gap, it's become an agent of inclusivity for those to show how different diseases or issues present on melanated skin. So as you said, it's also now in... um, is it Brighton and Hove and the South Coast? Is it South Coast, you said?
1: Yeah.
0: South Coast, it's, gonna, it's all there as well. And you want to see it in Canada, Australia, essentially all over the world. You would love to see global. it. So when you think about the global impact it could have, how would you manage that? I would love to like, have you thought about that because you haven't been able to even, you know, I suppose, breathe and think, whoa, hold up this plan came about quicker than I could ever expect. So, yeah, yeah. have you thought about the global impact and how you'll be able to manage that?
1: So, the global impact, I can even tell you right now, the global impacts like, it has begun. Um, I see, like, I will have medical students. Like, in fact, the most love that has been received or the <laughs> most, like, the greatest response has been from USA and Canada. And they are implementing... <laughs> <laughs> They are implementing, um, like, they're implementing the work so quick. Like, it's hard to even to even comprehend how quickly they're doing it. Like, it's so, so quick. Like, today they'll be like, oh, my God, we're setting up a meeting with the deans of the medical school. On Tuesday they'll be like, yes, it's been approved. Wednesday it's like, yes, we're having a curriculum review. The following week, yes, our curriculum has changed. And that's obviously because the way medical schools over there are governed is completely different. So medical schools of operate like the way private schools operate in the yeah, UK. They're,
0: they're independent almost.
1: Yeah, so I can understand that they kind of have a bit more freedom to change things very quickly. Um, the time to assess the actual global impact, I don't think I've even had the time thus far. Like, globally, I get, like, my phone does not stop pinging because <laughs> one thing that Mind the Gap has taught me is that no matter what time it is in the UK, it is daytime somewhere else in the world. Yeah. So I will literally, it's funny because I've kind of adjusted in my head to time zones. So it's like right now at this time, I'll be like, okay, everyone East, well, I don't know if it's East, but like towards Eastern Europe, Australia, Japan, China, Asia kind of sides, they will be the people messaging me. Well, not messaging me at the moment, sorry, but it will be like America, Canada, um, South America, who will be messaging me. And then at, like, midnight, it then switches to go to that side because all of a sudden these guys are all waking up and they'll be sending me messages. Um, so the global impact is hard to even comprehend. Yeah. I think it, it's weird because we live in such a digital age that sometimes it doesn't feel real. Yeah. Um, because I'll get a message that, hi, um, I'm from Brazil. But in my head, I'm like, uh, eh, like, you could be from Brazil, you could not. I think what made me kind of realise that, whoa, is when I started talking to these people like on Zoom calls Um, and you hear the accents and you're like, this is real. You told me you're in Australia and you actually have an Australian accent. Like, (laughs) for me, it's so (laughs) fascinating because in my head, every time I'm like, "Nah, they're probably lying. They're not in Australia. And then when they kind of, we go on Zoom and they're showing me outside and it's just, I'm like, this is crazy. So...
0: (laughs) Well, you literally have been able to travel the world with different people through Zoom. When you Literally. think about it, right?
1: I've so, been to every continent on this planet through Zoom in the that, past two see, months.
0: <laughs> and that says that your work globally has gone on to do great things already. So you said in America, some places are implementing into their curriculum. So when we think about the UK and your experience of the UK, how have you felt as a medical student? How do you feel about healthcare, especially as a black young man?
1: um so as a
0: as a medical student as a black
1: man i feel like it's so it's so almost difficult to navigate the space because i think i yet again i don't have like actual facts and figures for this um however i think black males are probably like the least as in like a group um on the course of medicine like on my course for instance i'm one of three black guys even though my university wow. is in south london and that's where do you the- go um, St. George's Listen, University. I live
0: down the road from St. George's, bro. <laughs> Meet me. <laughs> do, you, do you live at a student accommodation?
1: No, 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 no. I live I live in Tooting, but... um,
0: Bro, that's crazy. Link up soon come. Of course.
1: Um, Neil's on yeah. me
0: to say thank you for the work you're doing. <laughs> There's a Nando's. Is that... <laughs> say no more. Nando's it is.
1: Okay, cool. I'm waiting for the text. <laughs> say no more. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, like... As a black male in medicine, it's such a hard space to navigate because black people as from a, from a start, we're already a minority on the medicine course. Mm-hmm. And then the way medicine is currently split, there's more females than males. So as a black male, we're almost like a minority on the course. So I found it so hard coming to medicine because there wasn't people like me when I got here on day one. And... I know that, of course, like, it's not all your friends are always going to have to be black males. However, when you get to an uncomfortable environment, thing, the thing you tend to do is look, look you for people that look like you. Exactly. So I got to this environment, I'm looking for people that I look like me, yeah, I can't find them. Mm. And it took me so long to almost acclimatize to medicine as a whole because medicine is like going to learn another language. If you were not submerged in the medic culture, it's something that you'll come into and you'll be like, oh my god, like what the hell? Like, why do people do this? Why do people do that? Yeah. After a while, you start to pick it up, like, oh, okay. And with the way medicine is currently split, eighty um, percent of medical students come from twenty percent of backgrounds. So, like, the general consensus knows what's going on, and when you're in this minority, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, and you kind of feel pressured because everybody else knows what they're doing. Um, I think with healthcare. Um, navigating healthcare as a black man. Um, I can't give an absolute answer to this because I can't say I'm at that stage yet and I don't want to like prematurely talk. So I can, if you get me on a live two years from now, I can give you the answers to that. Um,
0: That's a date but, two, two years from now as well. Yeah, so as a whole, I think
1: for black people in healthcare, I think it's so important that people who are in medical school, in healthcare courses that you use your voice to amplify your voice because there's so many other issues. Mind the Gap was only one of a host of problems which we kind of identified. It's so important that you use your voice to amplify your voice to let people know, let people hear you because although uh, although, um, healthcare is meant to be equal, unfortunately where there's people there's politics and then biases start to enter these spaces and then that equalness which was at the beginning is no longer is starting to shift in one direction um, so I think it's so important that we increase representation of black people um, and other minority people as a well, whole because I can only speak for the black experience but I'm sure other minority experiences are probably similar um, To just increase representation in the full because it's so vital so, so important like it goes such a long way um, this is drifting off a little bit but one of the things, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I had a, a, an interview of Al Jazeera, so AJ Plus um, on Instagram. And in that interview, I wore a durag. And so many people resonated. Like, people were yes. questioning, that like, how is this guy wearing a durag but talking about this? And for reasons like that, that's why in my head, it's so important because there, there was another black boy watching that who also wants to do medicine. He probably was told before or had the impression that oh like to do medicine you have to be xyz if you don't fit that box you can't go and do it because that's what i thought beforehand um so to me um just showing the world and showing myself almost in my most comfortable setting and showing that to other young aspiring boys like a is almost like a staple piece of uh, in the uk at staple. the moment so you, if you go onto any high street, you'll see a black boy in a D-Rex somewhere. So then I hope that resonates with black boys particularly and everyone else. You just show you that I'm not trying to be somebody else on these platforms. I'm just trying to give you myself as I am. You will see, if you met me today, how you see me on the interview is exactly the same person. Like I didn't want to change myself just to, oh, Washington Post is now talking to you. And I'm now changing myself. I'm now wearing this shirt for an interview. However, if I was at home, I would not be wearing this shirt on an off day. So I think that's why things like that are so important.
0: And that says a lot about where you've come from and how you're carrying that on. And I think a lot of people, when they find a newfound fame, they have this idea of no one talked to me now. I'm going to dress to present to be someone I'm not. Listen, the only thing I'm wishing that you had if your durag was a little string vest for the culture, but we'll leave that <laughs> one out. Um, Stephanie made a comment here saying, I have the same feelings about vet in veterinary medicine. Really noticed not seeing people that looked like me when I first started. Representation has such an important part to play. Malone, I'll let you comment on that. 100%. Like, I, I feel like when we talk about representation, people
1: downplay how important it is. I mean, sometimes it's literally just seeing someone that looks like you in the lift. Like, it kind of gives you that energy to keep going, to keep, to just carry on because sometimes you can start to feel alienated. You'll feel like this space is not for me. Um, I'm just not meant to be here, X, Y, Z. If I talk about my own experiences, when I got to medical school, um, this is actually coming out in a video of mine, which will be out towards the end of September. When I got to medical school, I found myself changing the way I talk, the way... Um, the music that I listen to just so that I could fit in with the environment and you know when you, I don't know if anyone's ever done this but you know when you lie to yourself and your body almost rejects your lie, like your soul is just not letting you, like you're there trying to force yourself to do this but your soul just, it's not allowing that was literally me Um, so I'd find myself listening to like Oasis and I never listened to Oasis, I listened to Rick Ross I listen to Meek Mill. I listen to Jay-Z. That's what I listen to. That's an oasis
0: to Meek Mill, to Rick
1: Cross. Yeah, that's that's what I listen to. That's what I like. And I would find myself changing just to fit in with this environment. And then I think it's almost like a natural thing to do. Like you kind of want to fit in so that you kind of just have a seamless experience. However, um, yeah. However, once you kind of start to realize that I don't necessarily need to fit in to survive in this environment. But I guess it's all part of the journey, essentially. And sometimes when people are suffering from imposter syndrome, of course, like, I like to give them advice and whatnot and whatnot. However, sometimes I think you have to go through lows to know what the winds feel like, or you have to kind of be in that position and find out what works for you because I can tell you that oh I did this this and this and it worked however for you it might not work so I feel like sometimes it needs a bit of independence and kind of find your feet of course like you don't like people feeling like an imposter for too long because it can lead you to jump off the course essentially yes um for me specifically yeah within my first two months I was like yo it's time to go mm because I just, so many things were just going, in my head, uni had just not gone to what I had thought it was gonna be. Like I had almost created this imaginary, like, oh my God, I'm gonna get to university, I'm gonna do X, Y, Z. I got there, everything was completely left. And I was like, oh, maybe it's me that needs to go. However, um, I'm really thankful that I managed to kind of come out of that space and find myself um, and I think finding myself um, from my own perspective was embracing that my individuality is probably my most powerful asset. Amen. Um, a lot of the time people run away from the thing which they have the most control of and the thing that is most valuable to them. They just don't realize it's like their biggest asset. And that's just yourself. Of course, it's easier said than done to be yourself, but yourself is so valuable. Like. Think about it. There's some people who literally get paid to just be themselves. That's how valuable yourself can be sometimes.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a powerful statement when other people... And what was it? I I heard there was a quote that um, I think it said, the most powerful act you can do in society is to love yourself in a society that profits off your insecurities mm-hmm. or something like that. So you've been able to find your security in a society or in a profession that you felt like hasn't always included you? You went from trying to listen to Oasis, returning back to the Culture, listening to Meek Mill and Rick Ross. And then you made, so you had Mind the Gap. As I said before, that was probably an inclusive agent for you. Has the reception now been different in terms of, do you feel stronger in yourself now because you've made Mind the Gap? And do you feel less of that imposter syndrome that you felt in the first two months?
1: Yeah, so I feel like, um, I don't know if you've ever read it, but there's a book called Taking Up Space by...
0: Yeah, I've I read it. I've sent it to so many of my friends.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, literally,
0: I have taken
1: up space. I've let people know that I am in the room. I'm we here are here. I am here. I'm present. Um, I think that statement alone is so powerful. Um, it's funny because one day I want to... Um, I want to almost post the receipts of the rejections that we got for Mind the Gap. Amen. You'll be surprised, but I would say if I could put numbers on it, 90% of people said that Mind the Gap was like a bad idea or like don't do Mind the Gap or like there was just more negativity than there was positivity. Yeah. Um, Especially given that I was only second year People used to kind of look at me and belittle me because I am only a second year. And that's another thing with healthcare and medicine as a whole. There's almost like a hierarchy. And as a medical student in your second year, you're quite near the bottom of this hierarchy. So, of course, when I'm going to people who are more senior, more higher up this hierarchy, they will kind of look at me like, you're prone. you are a second year. However, I think one thing that my work has shown is that it doesn't matter who you are, like, you like, who you are doesn't matter. As long as you can produce, like, almost good quality work and be able to do something which produces almost results and has impacts and helps people, then it doesn't matter, like, where you came from or what you did before or X, Y, Z. Um Yeah. <laughs>
0: I want to say quickly to anyone watching: if you've got questions for Malone, feel free to put them in the question box because I think Malone is going to be more than happy to ask them. So, Malone, of course, you spoke about, you spoke about a hierarchy in the medical field, and from what you've experienced, and you had knockbacks from people essentially saying to you, You're "Only a second year, what do you really know?" People telling you that it was a bad idea. Yeah. Why did you not let that stop you, though? Because a lot of people, when obstacles come their way or hurdles come their way, they go, nope, I'm going to give up here. Was there something inside of you that said, I am not going to give up? This mind the gap must be published. I have to make it right now because there's other people out there.
1: I think for me, kind of the motivation and the drive kind of came from, I couldn't find the answer. I was like, okay, if you want to say no to my almost solution is okay i'm open to learning and i'm always i always want to learn i'm like okay so now you said no to me can you point me in the right direction to find the And a lot of the time people can point me in that direction i think also another part um this is just even in general to people i think one thing before embarking on any journey that i personally um do is i think it's important to accept that failure is almost inevitable. Yes. And if you kind of embark on something, and you want to say that, oh, we won't fail, we will be 100% smooth sailing all the way. The time that you get hit your first failure, you'll be looking to like, yeah, it's no longer worth it, simply because you didn't almost plan for that failure. I think it's so important how you bounce back from your failures all the time. Um, for me, of, of course, I acknowledge my position in this hierarchy, And with the way healthcare medicine exists, it almost feels scary sometimes from a hierarchical point of view that um, you're challenging, like, senior figures, like, who are you at the bottom of the hierarchy to be questioning a consultant for the past 26 years? But my problem was I couldn't find the answer. I was like, I just want to know the answer. Like, it's okay, like, if you don't have the answer, but can you put me in the right direction? A lot of the time, people couldn't do that. And to me, it was something so simple. And people would be like, oh, you'll learn about it when you get on the job. And yeah, I just couldn't find the answer. Um, I think after that, it was so important that I kind of had a strategy that, oh, when we hit hurdles, what am I going to do? How am I going to respond? And I think that's not even related to my gap. That's just a personal thing. Like You need to find that within yourself to know how you can almost tackle those problems once you hit them because the truth is they are coming so whether that be like for instance it could be oh your website just doesn't work or i don't know you sent an email out and it bounced back like some sort of failure will come and it's so important to have almost programmed in yourself what you're going to do when those failures come
0: okay and With you forging that mindset, I suppose, and in the way that you've imagined it, you've gone on, you've done Mind the Gap. You're at the position where you are right now. What do you want to do with your life in five years?
1: So in five years from now, I'll be 26. I think for me, it's so fundamental that I can continue to help and continue to support the community behind me. I don't know, for me specifically, one thing that resonates with me so much is black men in academia. So, we're throughout my journey, um,
0: fr- what was a Quick question, what was the title of the book you both mentioned just now? It's called Taken Up Space. Oh, Taken Up, yeah, Taken Up Space by Chelsea and Ore. I forgot their surnames. Uh, it's a um, book, they both went to Oxford, if I'm correct, right? i Cambridge and you're speaking about their experience
1: yeah it's yeah taking up series is like the black experience well a black woman's experience in a very white centric educational environment which is Cambridge um, it's a really good book um, it kind of resonated with me a lot because a lot of the things they were talking about they also happen to me on a daily basis Um I am sorry, I forgot what you just asked me for.
0: I was asking you, so everything that's happened right now, you've gone on with so much. You had this mindset that you knew you were going to face obstacles. You said that in five years, you're going to be 26. I just want to know, what, does, what the, what's your five-year plan for Mind the Gap, as well as your own career within the medical and healthcare profession?
1: Okay, so for Mind the Gap, um, I want to see Mind the Gap eventually be implemented into all medical schools in the uk and into medical schools nationwide um and when i say implemented by this i mean that the work has to be a staple Te- lecturers need to be being told that it's important to include different color skin tones in your lectures to not exclude a certain group just because they they only make up 20 percent of the population um also to have this in small group teaching just all across the board um i would also like it to be essentially i would like it to be taken up by all of healthcare um and i would like to see the website which is www.blackandbrownskin.co.uk um i would like to see that grow into like a comprehensive database of images on black and brown skin and also have people share their stories of their experiences with healthcare i hope that this creates a shift within organizations such as the Center of Disease Control in the US and the NHS in the UK to almost illustrate that no, um, we need to start changing things so you know when you go to the GP and there's a almost like an awareness poster on the wall I'm I'm sure like most of the other ones have probably been removed because of COVID so it's all COVID at the moment but prior to COVID there would have been like um, I don't know, meningitis awareness or just something awareness and it will be like a picture of someone and not have symptoms to look out for even things like that to start to see oh yes there is a white patient there okay now there is a asian patient there now there is a black patient there so that people can kind of feel a bit more connected to healthcare um i hope the results from this will start to see some of the healthcare disparities which exist in the uk at the moment start to decrease um this is everything from black women being five times more likely to die during childbirth to, um, what else? Black black women being likely to die during childbirth, the COVID, um, what's it called, the COVID healthcare disparities, black men being more likely to be sectioned under the Mental Health Act, just a whole host of different healthcare disparities. From an educational point of view, I will be an F2, which is the second year of training as a doctor in the UK. Um, I've got plans for that, but I don't think this is the place to say it. Like okay. I'm going to keep... Those are like almost reserved to okay. myself. I don't think it's stuff that I want to air out on public as of yet. Okay. But hopefully you'll be able to see the growth. And when we get there it will always be like, yes, it started here and now it's evolved into this.
0: I can respect that and I understand that some things you've got to keep quiet, you know, some things you can't let everybody know. I'd yeah. love to know with your feelings about black men health, you know, mental health, what do you believe some of the reasons are why black men coming to contact with more mental health issues and why do you think there's such a disparity within health with black men and their mental health? <sighs>
1: this is such like this is such a big topic and it's something that i would love to almost have an event to kind of have black men in the room and we kind of discuss mental health i know that Jess is working with an organization called having black black people in psychology and psychiatry um i think i think that's what it's good but i know they had an event and even other things that are going on in london such as black men talk um 50 black men I think one problem that there is for black men is a lot of the time um our feelings or we we just never speak about our feelings like as a black man you almost kind of put your feelings to the side all the time and it's almost like I read a quote the other day which was like black men's way of dealing with traumas by getting rich and it resonated with me so much because I started thinking about all of the rappers that I listen to. Yep. They will literally, 50 Cent will be rapping. I got shot yesterday, but now I'm back out trying to make money. And well, when you think about that from a mental health point of view, like, it's toxic. That is toxic as hell. And it's so crazy. But we'll be bopping our head like, yeah, like, yeah. He's saying so. And I feel like too too often, I think, the whole Black men mental health thing, I think it's something that needs to start from us. I know a lot of the time people, like, external parties, like, um, even, like, Black women, were Black, um, yeah, like, you can always come and talk to us and stuff like that, which um, I think is great. And I think if you have that woman's facility in your life, I think as a Black man, you should always use it because I think women are more in touch with their feelings than men and they will um, kind of help you a lot. But to kind of tackle the issue as a whole, I think as black men, we need to make it more acceptable to talk about our feelings. We need to make it okay to almost be vulnerable and okay, not every day that we need to be like the alpha male, the strong black man just which is presented by society. Um, I would just need to start to have these discussions like bro, like it's okay to be in that state and once we start to make that almost more socially acceptable um, I think However, um, I think that starts with us. I feel like our forefathers, it's almost deeply ingrained in our nature that we need to be the ones that change it.
0: Do you not feel... Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel more positive about the future for black men? And again, going back to what you've made, Mind the Gap. You're a black man who's created... Something that generations will be able to use and as you said, hopefully to be implemented in the curriculum. And you said you also wanted to create an event for black men to be able to talk about. Are you more positive for the future of black men in mental health and just in general, melanated skin within the medical and healthcare profession?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm more positive because as a society as a whole, it's almost now more acceptable in general just to talk about mental health alone like don't no matter who you are and then i think it's also important that as black men we start to come out and say like guys this is how um how i'm feeling um it's important that we all speak about our feelings because we do go through a lot like the whole um stop and search stuff like it's traumatizing like imagine i've been hearing stories like 13 year old boys stopped and searched by police as in handcuffed for absolutely nothing and to have those experiences at such a young age is so traumatizing and one thing about me i listen to rap music quite a lot and in the rap if you break it down there's a lot of trauma that people are rapping i agree at the moment, there's a big surge of, like, drill music in the UK. If you actually break down those lyrics, a lot of it is trauma. Like, guys who are, like, 17, 16 will be rapping. Like, when I go to so-and-so's block, I'm always on the lookout. That is almost like PTSD, just screaming yes, it out is. It. So it's important that we also need to start breaking it down in a a language that we as Black men can understand. I feel like sometimes when we talk about our feelings and whatnot, maybe the reason why it's not so receptive on the Black male end is because it's in a language that we are not understanding or is almost foreign and we don't want to take it in. However, I think maybe even a good idea will be to even break down these drill songs that I know certain Black men will be listening to But like, look. He said this, 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 and this. You were all bopping your heads. However, if we break it down and really want to talk about it, this is PTSD. This is trauma from past events. This is this. And we're rapping about it to make it look cool and to make it almost be something that me and you can both resonate with. However, the truth is, there's a bit of concern in these lyrics.
0: And that's a very interesting point that we should break down rap and especially drill in in general. So I used to work on a project in a school with the Transformation Trust and three of us boys used to go in and talk to these young children about music lyrics. And um, I used to focus on rap music. My friend used to focus on the war on drugs. And I had another friend who used to focus on um, education. So we would put on music. And the kids, as you said, they'd be bopping their head be like, yo, tu- sir, what do you know about <laughs> this tune? Like, this tune <laughs> slaps. I'm like, I'm young. What do you think I am, an old man? And then what we used to do would be we would break it down lyric by lyric. And the children then used to realize, hold up, these guys have gone through a lot of stuff. And as you said, the greatest way for them to get over their trauma in their head was to get rich. It's it like it's very much a toxic idea, as we both would agree. And I think the way we consciously consume music sometimes isn't even conscious. I think it's quite subliminal. And I think it reaches our subconscious in ways we can't imagine. But that's a whole nother conversation in itself, I think. Literally. Music... It's even me, I would confidently say,
1: sometimes myself I'll be like you know what you know when you have almost like a heart like you almost think money will solve your problems like you'll be like yeah I'll just make my money and we move what yeah it's the most top like when you think like I think when that when I saw that tweet from someone it hit me so hard because i've like I've done this so many times and I haven't even noticed or you'll be like you know what tomorrow I'll go to work and we'll make money and all of our problems will be put in the past and even when you watch films with like Um, like the gangster films that is the narrative which is used so much but we don't really talk about it a lot and yeah
0: quick question who's your favourite rapper Uh,
1: like my favourite rapper like just outside as a whole is Kanye West
0: the current Kanye or the old Kanye
1: from a music perspective the old Kanye
0: I think Kanye's a genius. No matter what I think about him and his own political views, but I think musically he's a genius, right? Yeah, from a yeah from
1: a musical perspective, Kanye West. I mean, Kanye West is such like I feel like people don't appreciate. I think my like, my favorite rappers Kanye West, Jay Z, Rick Ross. <laughs> okay, so people question. that I think even even wait. I would be vulnerable in this space right now.
0: Go ahead. My
1: love for Rick Ross almost comes from a place of trauma. Okay. Rick Ross just motivational rap, getting rich rap, making your money rap. Uh-huh. And as a black man, I'm looking at that like, yes, like let's okay. go. But if I kind of analyze myself and I break it down, why am I getting so buzzed off that stuff? And that kind of goes into unlocking my own... Um trauma almost like I have to listen to Rick Ross, feel inspired, go and make money, and bang, all my problems are solved. Because the way Rick Ross raps it, kind of raps it like, Yeah, maybe a hundred M's yesterday and today we're comfy. What is
0: it? He said in a in a song, I had a seizure called out a minor setback. I'm like, What the <laughs> heck? man's talking about having a Bro, seizure. Listen, listen a to the Listen to how toxic that
1: statement is. It is. I had a seizure, minor setback. Like what?
0: Like <laughs> But I think I've had a lot of issues with Rick Ross where he um made a song but it was rapey, he said um I pop a pop what is it a pop a molly in a drink and she didn't oh, even yeah, know yeah, it. Yeah. Like again, you're right, It's incredibly lyrics. problematic. But yeah the fact that we can tear apart his lyrics and realise this man has probably been for a lot doesn't justify some of the things that he said and he's done, but it's, and it's I think awesome. even, even with rappers, when you break down the
1: lifestyle that they lived and where they came from, a lot of rap um, is not entertainment. It's people yes, rocking real life. But however, we have consumed it in a way that it's entertainment. Yes. And we forget that these are actual life events. Yeah. So when people yeah. are rapping these lyrics, sometimes I think as black men, we almost need to we almost need to almost create a space where we can kind of show people that, look, it's okay that we're cross raps like this. These are life experiences. We can't deny that. However, we need to also put strategies and put things in place that people are able to talk about XYZ because we go through a lot at the end of the day.
0: I agree. We go through so much and I think I want to say thank you for sharing the fact that you, like Rick Ross, and you listen to his music, of trauma. I think it's important to recognize that's not always easy to speak about. So I have to say thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you, when you think about Mind the Gap and everything that's happened and all the, you know, the applause and the accomplishments you've been able to have as a result of it, you already said that your part of the plan wasn't to be where you are now but you've had to adjust really quickly. Just when you think about your surrounding environment, how important has your environment been to be in the Malone that I'm being able to speak to today that has been able to make Mind the Gap?
1: So um, I think your environment is important as much as people hate this statement. Like if you have five friends who are X, you will be the sixth. So I think your environment almost kind of defines you as much as you like it or not um, you'll always carry parts of your environment um, so I think for me I kind of grew up in a place where we would always ask why we would we, we kind of just wouldn't settle like you can't tell me that yeah we do xyz and I, I would always ask the question but why and a lot of the time um, your mom must have hated you man <laughs> so it's like but why like why is that the normal why yeah. and I think as, as young people in general in my opinion young people have the power to change the world because we are able to ask why the older you get the more comfortable you get and the more unlikely you will ask why because it almost kind of becomes the norm um, your environment is so important as well because your environment um yeah your environment kind of it rubs off on you and it's where you kind of go back to kind of assess yourself. Like, is this important? Is this not important? Um, Like I said, my environment at medical school was kind of very limiting, but at the same time gave me the drive because I could see that I wasn't like everybody else. However, I can see that there's issues here, which everybody else can't see. So where I came from that environment to where I now am, this environment, what I learned over there, I kind of brought it to the table over here and it kind of then became so valuable. And even on that respect, um, I think it's so important even, like, I don't know if anybody in the live is watching who does medicine or is on a course where they are one of three black people or black men or whatever. Um, your lived experiences and your life experiences are so valuable. Um as much as you might think it's valuable, but what you know just from growing up and doing X, Y, Z and whatnot is extremely valuable. Why? Because the majority in the room don't know about that. Like a lot of experts that we see these days are not actually experts in the field. They just know more than most. So if you take that same statement and backtrack it to you, because you know more than most in your environment, technically you then become an expert on this issue. So it's so important that you kind of acknowledge that you do have some expertise wherever you are.
0: You just dropped the closing statement that I was going (laughs) to ask you to say. What was it you are going to be able to say to everybody? So I want to ask for my final question and for everyone that's watching, how can we support your work, Malone? And what can we do to ensure that Mind the Gap continues to reach the applause that it's had? (laughs)
1: Okay, so first things first, you can contact Stormzy and tell him that I want to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, what? what? off <laughs> everyone's been telling me they want to get in contact with Stormzy. And I'm going to uh, be doing a live with someone who works with him. So again, I'm going to be oh, trying to put you tell in contact.
1: Him that, tell, him, tell him that Malone just wants to have a chat. Say no um, more. After that, you can contact Jay-Z and tell him that I want to have dinner. Man said dinner. <laughs> well, well, obviously,
0: if I can get Ratman on an Instagram live, then we're talking.
1: Yeah, okay. And then after that, um, so yeah, just continue to follow my Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, continue to retweet the work, continue to share the work, Mind the Gap, we've also opened so that the community can also donate pictures to the work. So if you know someone who has, I don't know, psoriasis, eczema, meningitis, um, all at your own consent, because we don't want people to kind of feel pressured or anything into sending their pictures, but at your own consent, um, you can send your pictures and add to the database of images, which is um, slowly growing um, if that is not an option for you or you don't feel comfortable doing. So we also have a feature on the Black and Brown Skin website, which allows um which allows you to share your story because I think loads of people have been silenced by the lack of almost their lack of treatment that they've received from healthcare or their lack of um, understanding that the healthcare system has given them with their problem. So I think it's so important that we give these people a voice so that they can share their story. Um, On our website, we also have a feature where they can share their story, which is pivotal. Um, and, yeah, expect more to come. I am working on a few projects myself. Um, so, yeah.
0: Malone, honestly. I heard that longer.
1: That's time to go, isn't it? No, 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 no. That's oh, my alarm
0: just... that's telling me that I should be in my bed to wake up for the gym tomorrow to get me some gains. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, honestly, I think when I have conversations with young black men like yourself, it reminds me that We are no longer just locked into achievements of the body, but we are also black men who are achieving things that are mindful and great, and it's gonna carry on for other generations to be able to benefit from. So honestly, Um, I think think thank you is an understatement for the work that you've done. And the fact that it's reached where it has, I think is a tiny testament to the things that you're going to go on and do. And most importantly, because you live so close to me, i basically exposed my location to people, but, you know. (laughs) But, (laughs) listen, we've got a link up. We've got a conversation. And uh, we've got more to definitely speak about. And I'm looking forward to what the future holds for you. And um, send me through all your work. I'll put it up on my page as well so people can access it. And I think a lot of people on this live and people that are going to go on to watch the live are feeling like, the medical field is the one for them and if they wanted to get into it, they can do it. So my love. So, because
1: medicine well medicine, um not the me- well, medicine a look as aside from the medical field is very almost white and Asian, very heavy. Like everyone has seen a white doctor, everyone has seen an Asian doctor, but have you seen a black doctor? Rarely. So it's so important that we continue to increase that representation. Mind the Gap is one of many issues that I could speak about, but we can't can't address every problem at once. We kind of have to do this do the best we can.
0: Thank you for creating something that's honestly going to bridge the gap for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I genuinely want to say thank you. So Malone, this has been such a joy and a pleasure, man. Your smiles warmed my day, man. And I can tell my mum, someone's created something that you can see people that look like us on it, mum. So, thank you, man. Yeah. Listen, we'll chat. Let me know what she says. Definitely, man. We'll chat and we'll keep in contact. Of course. So, take care. All right, same to you as well. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Goodbye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to having you again. If you've enjoyed, share, subscribe, follow, And make sure everybody gets to have the blessing that is conversations. And remember, Flower Hour is the podcast where conversations blossom.